Second Chronicles chapter 29. This is a breath of fresh air chapter because this is a King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah, like I said, the first year, the first month, he starts, verse 3, he opens the doors of the house of the Lord and repairs them. And he calls for the Levites and the priests to sanctify themselves. So that's significant. And verse 5, at the very end, carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. I'm sure that in the previous uh, generation, the holy place was being used for just a glorified storage area. They just stuffed all kinds of junk and garbage in there, and they had shut the doors. And uh, now Hezekiah is wanting to sanctify this place, remove all the junk out of there, and he goes on to say in verse 7, and we'll just make some comments here, they have shut up the doors of the porch. This is the previous generation under King Ahaz, who is his father, by the way. They have shut up the doors of the porch. They put out the lamps. They have not burned incense. They have not offered burnt offerings in this holy place unto the God of Israel. Those are four things that I'll just make some uh, brief comments on because they do tie in with what we're trying to do with this conference. We call this the Foundations Conference because we've, we believe that, for the most part, not everywhere, of course, but generally speaking, the church has become very cluttered. The, the sanctified holy place has become very cluttered with all kinds of things, well-meaning things perhaps, but all kinds of things, and it's making the church powerless. And so these four things that we'll just focus on in verse 7, they have shut the doors of the porch. And I was thinking about this, what's going on on the very surface level? I'm sure there's a lot more that could be said about this, but what's going on when you shut the doors <clears throat> of this central meeting place? So what's going on when you shut the doors of the central meeting place? Well, everyone's just going to go off in their own tent or their own groups, their own enclave, and the people are just scattered. It's a very simple application to this. Well, I believe that we're living in a time of a very divided church, very divided church. Now, I realize that we can't all be in one denomination. I, can't, I, I realize that there are convictions and there are things that we just, we, we, let's just take the issue of baptism. We have convictions about that or some finer points of theology. We have convictions. And I, I understand the fact that in this fallen world, there will be these, uh, these church groups. But at the very least, at the very minimum, there should be a united spirit. We are part of the body of Christ, all of us that, that profess to name Christ as our Lord. And let's just assume that we're talking about the real church here. We all profess Christ, we all claim Him as our head, we all have this one faith, the one spirit, and there should not be this awful division that's plaguing the church. It's, a, it's an awful thing where this party will not have anything to do with this party, and there is this spirit of division, yes, but it's also a spirit of suspicion and a spirit of envy 
and a spirit of strife. And I think it's James that tells us that where these things are, there is confusion. And I, I, I grieve over that tremendously. And, and I, I know the reality. I don't live in a fantasy world, so I, I live on planet Earth, and I know that there, there are things that, that, that naturally divide people. But Christ himself in John 17, his final recorded prayer, as it were, he's praying for the unity of God's people. He's praying that they might be one and that, that, that the world might know that Jesus was sent from the Father. It's the greatest declaration of, of, of the gospel. When you have God's people, when you have God's people able to dwell together in unity. And so opening the doors of the porch, uh, that's what we seek to do at this conference. That's always what we've sought to, to do at this conference, is to bring men that are reformed, non-reformed, different circles, different backgrounds. And I hope, I hope I don't have to keep spelling this out to all the speakers, but I hope we have enough uh, respect and charity one for the other that, that, we can, that we can lovingly bring our message and our convictions but we do so in a spirit of love and a spirit of respect, knowing that not everyone is going to be exactly where we are. That is what we have sought to do with the conference. I don't know personally of any other conference where we try to bring these two worlds together, where they're, they're colliding with each other. It seems like that sometimes. Uh, and it's, it's the hardest thing in the whole world to do, I have to say, unfortunately. But anyway, opening the doors of the porch, putting out the lamps. By the way, the witness of the church becomes greatly diminished, I think, when you have a very divided and, and uh, infighting type of a church situation. Take one church body all by itself. If you have a church that is constantly at war with one another you're at war with the pastor at war with the 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 leadership you're at war with brother against brother there is a diminishing of the of the light that goes out from that place it's just the the natural cause and effect and the lights have been put out the lamp the lamps had been put out in the previous generation and so the witness of christ is diminished the light that goes is supposed to go out as a bright lighthouse in a very dark place is diminished and that's that's very unfortunate but it goes on to say that they have also not burned incense and that speaks to us of prayer the incense is the prayers of god's people and they put that out and we see that as well and so this conference seeks to raise that as an awareness, but also seeks to call some of these men, some of these churches back to an emphasis, perhaps, a, a resurrecting, a restoring, a repairing of these of, of this altar, the altar of incense, which is uh, the prayer, the prayers of God's people and the prayer meeting in particular. And from day one, that has been what we've sought to do is to put a spotlight back on prayer. It seems like a very basic thing. It seems like a very uh, uninteresting thing to have a conference about. 
But uh, that is why we call it the Foundations Conference. We we want to have a healthy emphasis brought back onto prayer. And after all, in Acts 6-4, when the early church started to get um, distracted because of their growth and all the problems that come with growth, the apostles took a step back and said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. They got it right, and this is a call for that as well. The last thing is they have not burnt, offered burnt offerings. And that speaks of the presentation of the gospel in, in, in a word. The presentation of the gospel. It speaks to us of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And where you have uh, in, in broad evangelicalism today is you have a watering down of this clear presentation of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And so now we have all kinds of other topics that are brought in, all types of uh, things that we're dealing with on a social level. We're dealing with this or we're dealing with that topic. Um, and we're there's a church that I became aware of that's even going through a book. They're just doing almost like a book study and using that as their launching pad to for their sermon and there's just this watering down i think of a clear and strong and unambiguous presentation of the person and the work of jesus christ it is basically the stopping of the burnt offerings and so these things that uh, that are mentioned here that hezekiah was lamenting about shutting the doors of the porch putting out the lamps they have not burned incense. They have not offered burnt offerings in the holy place. Hezekiah was seeking to uh, reverse that. And it should be noted, and I'll just finish on this, that, that it started with a sanctified people. It started with a sanctified people. In verse 5, it, it, he, he commands the Levites and the priests to sanctify themselves. And by the way, that's an old-fashioned uh, concept of holiness and sanctification, but it's in the Bible, and I believe it. And I believe if we're going to do anything for the Lord, that it has to come from a sanctified people. But I would also say that it comes from a steadfast people, because down there, and let me find it. I don't want to waste any time looking for this. Down there in uh, verse 15. Oh, there it is. There it is. Sorry. It's actually verse 11. Uh, thank you, though, Pastor Bob. Verse 11. And I apologize because I read out of my other Bible and I, I'm not used to this where everything is placed on the page. Verse 11, it says, My sons, Hezekiah is now exhorting, he's saying, Be not now negligent. Don't fail to persist in this. Be not now negligent, for the Lord hath chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, that you should minister unto him, and to burn incense. There's our incense again. And so there's a, there's a sanctified people, but there's also, a, a, the way I would say it is there's a steadfastness to this. Because it's not just a, a sprint, and then you're, you're, it's, it's a one thing, and then it's done. 
There's a steadfastness here. He's encouraging them not to be negligent. Don't be negligent. The Lord has chosen you. If, if you knew that somebody looked at you and said, you're chosen for this, my, that would, that would put a, a terrible weight of responsibility then, wouldn't it, on you? Well, what if the Lord is telling you all, folks, you're chosen for this, this task of standing before Him, giving the Lord our full attention, serving Him, serving His body, ministering to the Lord, and burning incense, offering up your prayers. You've been chosen for this. And don't be negligent in this. So my encouragement to you all is, is simply that, is let us not be negligent in what we believe that the Lord has called us to do, which is to stand and to serve and to minister and to offer up our prayers before Him. So that's just a little bit of some thoughts as to why we're doing what we're doing, what we hope to do uh, for the conference, and that the Lord will be pleased to bless our feeble efforts.